Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden, and this is The Leader. Book sales are booming as commuters take a break from doom-scrolling Insta-feeds to get immersed in paperback and digital pages, with the notifications all turned off to concentrate. It comes as the stationer and bookseller WH Smith says the global travel market boosted sales at railway stations and airports, which have enjoyed an increase of nearly 130%. And 2021 actually saw the highest book sales in a decade, as readers devoured crime, sci-fi and romantic fiction. So out of interest, what are Britain's best-selling books of all time? Shifting titles in their millions. All but three of them are J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series, two are by Dan Brown, and number five is Fifty Shades of Grey. Last year, The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman topped the list, and if you really want to dive into the vortex, how about Claire Pooley's novel, Iona Iverson's Rules for Commuting, and that's all about a group of strangers on the tube who become entwined in each other's lives. Imagine that. To find out more about the lure of the great mental escape from the central line and how to encourage even more people to pick up a new or very old edition, we're joined by Lucy Starbuck Bradley, who's Senior Programme Manager for Libraries at the National Literacy Trust. So, Lucy, what links are there between well-being and reading on your commute? I think in terms of our accessibility to be able to work on the move uh, you quite often see people at their emails on the calls already on the way into the office when they're on the commute but actually that trying to earmark that time for a bit of well-being a bit of focused time for yourself can really benefit your productivity I think personally you know later in the day if you've had that moment of quiet on the train on the way in then you're ready to go when you get there and probably achieve more and reading has so many benefits your mental health and well-being problem solving um, just a bit of escapism it's portable perfectly portable for the train so it does seem like the perfect activity to just carve out a little bit of you time on on that train journey in get a little bit of headspace and be ready for the working day once you get into your office and what if you're reading on a tablet or your phone any tips to fight the lure of the social feed yeah i think if you choose to read on a digital device um, which also has all of your sort of apps and connections to your working life as well yeah why not just turn those off just 
just momentarily, it doesn't take long, and stop those notifications from interrupting you being immersed in the story, because that's what books are all about, aren't they? Get, getting immersed, whether or not it's a story, or even if it's a, a non-fiction, being immersed in the information that you're finding out. And you're also working on a campaign around this currently. One of the things that we've got coming up, which really links in with our, with boosting your mental health and well-being through reading, is that we know that if you read for 10 minutes a day, it can have a really positive effect. So you don't have to dedicate hours to reading. Just 10 minutes a day can have a really good effect on your mental health. So we have an initiative called Take 10. Um, and on World Mental Health Day in October, we will all be reading for 10 minutes. Everyone in the office does it. And we also encourage schools and children across the country to get involved in that and read for 10 minutes. And there's some live online events. You can find the details on our website to engage in that initiative as well. What do you make of the boom in book sales? It's great news. It's excellent. And book sales have been rising for a number of years now. And it's wonderful to see the public engage with stories and a, and a diverse range of stories as well, because another thing that's been developed over the last few years in publishing is really a diversification of, of the writers that are represented and the characters and, and that's really important as well so it's great to see see that growth and development but we just need to make sure that everyone has equal access to that that it's not just certain groups in society who are able to own books and access them that everybody has access to that some of our own statistics around children owning books we know that over 400,000 children in this country at the moment do not own a book of their own so it's really important that although we take this good news that book sales are booming, that we understand that that isn't actually reaching all parts of society. And that there, there are some communities where people don't have access to that kind of level of book ownership. In terms of the genre, I think, wow, it's really interesting that romance, sci-fi, uh, there is escapism in books. Um, I think that's part of why they support our mental health and well-being, because we can experience things, we can be lost in a story and really absorbed in it and also we can you know, things like crime we can sort of examine some of the darker sides of life in within the safe space of a book so it gives us that opportunity to, to uh, think about how we would react in certain situations build our empathy but also in the safe space of you know knowing that there's probably going to be a good ending let's go to the ads coming up Adults' role models are crucial for child literacy and how book talks a boon for young readers. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. 
Now, Lucy, why is book ownership so important for children? We know that with book ownership, the more children have books at home, the more likely they are to engage with them, the more likely they are to choose to read for pleasure of their own accord. And when a child chooses to read for pleasure, that has huge impact on their attainment at school. They do better across all their subjects at school. They're likely to have stronger um, mental health and well-being, better sense of empathy. And so it's really a great way to support all of their learning and development as a child. So if you don't have a book to be able to engage in that, then you're really missing out on a lot of development opportunity. Um, and it's really important that, um, that we're providing those opportunities for children. So uh, the National Literary Trust, we engage in a lot of book gifting. Um, we give out hundreds of thousands of books um, in communities and to schools to try and boost that book ownership every year. And also we work to develop primary school libraries. So we have a primary school library alliance where we are working with businesses and other partner organisations to invest in primary school libraries because we know that in, in areas of financial deprivation, one in four schools does not have a primary school library at the moment. And so we're supporting them because the, the more investment we get into primary school libraries in terms of providing them with books, the more free books children can access. And public libraries as well are also a really important part of that free book ownership for book access. What's the importance of improving adult literacy as well? Adult role models are really important um, in terms of developing children's literacy and we know that low literacy is intergenerational so often if your parents or the adults in your life have low literacy then as a child you're more likely to have low literacy yourself so it's important that we work that's why we have to take a community approach because adults need to get reading at the same time as the children to really get that cycle of literacy improvement going so yeah part of that is actually reaching out to adults through their children so through community events um, maybe the parents would attend with their children thinking this is something nice for their child to do over, over the half term or after school and that's actually a gateway then into, into supporting them with their literacy as well getting them into reading um, and into seeing that as, as a worthwhile activity and something that's for them as well. Any tips for adult learners keen to get reading or improve their literacy? We would really encourage people to start thinking about ways in which they can find accessible materials so the public library is a great place to be able to find you know quick reads easy reads and librarians in public libraries are really well equipped to support adults with low literacy and to to signpost them to, to books which are appropriate for adults but have what we call lower reading age a more accessible point in which they can start reading and start that journey what's your take on the impact of all those library closures after years of government cuts to council budgets Obviously, closure of libraries or restriction um, in, in, of services in terms of limited times libraries being open it has serious impacts on the community. Make no mistake, libraries are a lifeline for many people in communities, particularly those in more disadvantaged areas across the UK, for access to technology, for access to literature, um, news, advice, uh, warmth increasingly. These are all really important things that the library offers. And it's fundamental that we keep these services open. But we see literacy and literacy levels as something that is a societal problem. So the libraries have a huge part to play, particularly post-pandemic in, in the recovery of, of literacy levels across the UK, as do schools. But they aren't the only organisations that have a role to play in improving literacy across the country. So it, it's organisations such as ourselves, the National Literacy Trust, charities, 
businesses and government all need to work together to raise the literacy levels in a really targeted way, focusing on those areas that need it most. That's really important. Are there any interesting new projects popping up? There's lots of community initiatives popping up. I know uh, near where I live, some people have set up a book swap. You do see them popping up. You've seen this small kind of little shed perched on someone's fence where there's um, books inside that people can swap. And uh, often you see them in the old phone boxes, don't you? Um, I don't know if you've seen those around where phone boxes have been changed into lending libraries or book swaps. And those are another great way of, yeah, of, of accessing. So it's about keeping your eyes open, often into things like doctor surgeries and community centres. There's there's book swaps available as well. So you do see them there. There are there are books available free of charge for you to access if you keep your eye out. But we would obviously like to see that um, more widely available and something that people didn't have to search out for. And finally, Lucy, many thanks for your time. What's your take on the phenomenon of BookTok influencers on TikTok? Basically, I think it's brilliant that more people are getting into reading, they're sharing book recommendations, and it's another strand of the reading culture especially for teenagers young adults that are engaging with book talk it's huge because we know there's a real drop-off in reading for enjoyment in that teenage year group so if this is something that draws them back in that gets them excited about reading and about sharing their reading experiences and connecting in a virtual way around that then I just think that's brilliant I mean we know you know there's been stories of books that have been you know published decade or more ago coming back up to, to you know rising up the charts because they've been rediscovered through book talk and been shared to a new generation I just think that's really positive we as an organization National Literacy Trust have just started to engage and, and set up our own TikTok channel so we are, we are definitely all for it and think it's great to see young people engaging with reading on their own terms There's more news and features in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Thursday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.